Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, and that Technicolor rainbow in between. We are the Too Late Update podcast. I am, of course, Matthew Wynn. I am joined by Kevin Jones and by a Chris Hodgkinson. And um, Chris, Chris, you've got you've got an ice cream. I've got an ice cream because I've got a basically over the last week I've been falling apart, and the most recent symptom of falling apart is I've got a really sore throat. And Kev's got an ice cream. As well, everyone's got an ice cream. I haven't got an ice cream because, well, I'm the adult in the room. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm going with. My son started eating the ice creams too, so now we have to get double ice cream. We have to get double ice cream. Even more ice creams. Because Kev won't share. Yep. We are... I do share. But if you were sharing, you wouldn't have to get double ice cream because you'd share what you have. What you've done there is gone, this box is for you and this box is for me. Yes. And if I catch you with your grubby little leak fingers in my ice cream, I'll take them, is what you've said. <laughs> take your grubby oik fingers. No, but if, if two people want a certain type of food, you don't just have the type, the amount of food for one person, do you? I mean, how often do you eat ice cream, Kev? Every day. I mean, that seems excessive. <laughs> how, well, <laughs> how often does Kai eat ice cream? He's having it every pudding uh, every day at the moment. A, f- a full magnum. No, not a full magnum. He's got a tub of cream egg ice cream. Uh, so you see, you put one for him and one for you. Oh no, you, you like the you like the cream egg, right. right? I mean, when your daughters were born, you didn't like go. Well, we've got a certain amount of food between uh, you and your partner, and we'll just. But we've got two extra mouths to feed, so we'll just divide that by four instead of two this time. No, I mean when they were born, Kev, they had different things because they were babies. I know, but you know what I mean. <laughs> how are how are you both doing anyway? I'm fine. I'm just, uh, you know, riveting content as always. Um... Well, let, let, well, let me tell you some more of it. Right, right. This is how my week's gone so far. Right. So after having like, oh, what's happened? Oh, okay. After having, um, I don't know when or why we did it, but we moved the, the pillows on the bed around. And I wound up with two. What can only be. And the three pillows is brought to you by <laughs> by by the letter H. Get it, get H it all out now. Him. Get it all out now, so that I can that I can highlight it in the audio track all at once, and then just go cut. Brought to you by the letter H. H is for hubris. Yeah. Just. <laughs> I don't worry about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep referring back to us, making it impossible to edit out, or else things won't make sense. No, but you forgot. I, there are many way. There are many, many things I could do, and frankly, some of it may just be that it won't make sense. And you, the listener, are being punished for this. I'm sorry about this, but <laughs> look, the world needs to know about not making your pillows too big. It does. I'm sure it does. It isn't go big or go home. It's go big and damage your neck and have a bad time with it. (laughs) Tightly your sex tape. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, we are, of course, the only podcast uh, that brings you news from a random amount of time ago. Um, This week's episode will be on April uh, 2004. But before we kick off, how's everyone been doing? What have you been up to, Kev? Uh... 
I am very tired today because I was up till 4am watching the Superb Owl. I was also watching the Superb Owl. Um, I have a confession to make. I didn't see the last few minutes because I just fell asleep. I'd been working as well, so I just, I just, I just fell asleep, and then I got you, and then I sort of woke up to realise that Casey had won it, and I was like, "Oh shit, right, okay," but yeah, it was good. Apart from that, it was good. I, the only reason I fell asleep was because I was super, supremely knackered oh. after working twelve hours. Because it's on because it's on at four in the morning. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> also, I, I did have beers. I bought Budweiser to kind of keep with the theme. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were uh, Dan and I, a friend of the podcast, Dan and I were having Belgian beers. Yeah. So because. Yeah. that's what like. I've also um, I went to see uh, since we last recorded I went to see Carnival oh yeah um, who were very very good um, I was amazed how many people knew the, all their songs because like they haven't really played here in nine years so if those are uninitiated Carnival are a uh, Australian prog prog metal prog rock band just want to uh, just want to confirm I'm hearing the name right is it Carnival or Carnival Carnival right um that's a third option. Yeah, that was a third option. How um, are you spelling that? K A R N I V O O L. Okay, Carnival. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. Right, cool. Or do you buy the letter K? Indeed. You, I think you would have seen them with us in Rock and Ring. Ah, the last I might well have done. Yeah. Um, we have an album that seems to be based off Final Fantasy because it's like Eidolons and things like that, but. Um, yeah, they were very good. Uh, Ocean supported them, who were also very good. And last week, I went to see uh, Mother Vulture, who we mentioned in the Art Tangent uh, review episode. Um, they are a modern rock band um, who don't sound like a lot of the modern rock bands who go, let's make, let's sound like all the boring, let's sound like a boring version of Led Zeppelin. No, let's be a modern rock band who sound like we were, we were, formed in in this like last few years um so we'll play like hard fast modern rock music which is great cool yeah um and they were supported by reese cheersmith or someone who looked like reese Shearsmith. oh right okay <laughs> um yeah so that's, that's what i've been up to how about you matt oh um Genuinely, uh, genuinely, uh, very little. Um, uh, I will say I do have a uh, another project on the way, um, which I will talk to you guys about later. Um, another, a, it's a different podcast, um, but we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, apart from that, um, not not really too much. I picked up in terms of uh, my own personal entertainment. I picked up uh, Crisis Core, which is pretty fun. Um, you know, really good uh, remake from back in the day. Um, looks absolutely stunning in on the PS5. Um, looks absolutely gorgeous. Still playing through uh, Hi Hi Fi Rush. I keep wanting to call it Hi Fi Serious every time I wanted to call it Hi Fi Serious, um, which is an album by A, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the uh, first week, I thought the game was called Wi Fi Rush because of the way its stylized writing is written. Ah, but yeah, no. Um, still going through that. And uh, I, I've got, I've now currently currently got a backlog because I also picked up uh, Metroid Prime. Uh, I've only played like the very first bits on the opening space station. Uh, it's really, you know, it's it's Metroid Prime in it, so it's it's good. It's been called the Citizen Kane of gaming back in two thousand and two, which is, you know, fine. Um, so yeah, uh, very, you know, not not too much other than that. Um, but uh, yes, so Hodge, 
We went to Warwick Castle yesterday, which I've never been to before, ah. using Tesco points. Good, yeah, it's a fun day. But, you know, there's, a, there's quite a surprisingly large amount to do there. And Merlin haven't got overboard with taking over a castle. But, you know, it's still, like, got lots of historical stuff. But, I was going to say, what, where you sit, is, it, is it a theme park? Is Warwick Castle... No, it, it's a castle. It's a castle. Okay. Yeah. But you can see where, the, like, the, the Merlin expertise comes in, because, like, the... Um, um, models have got on display of people, mannequins, I suppose they're called, aren't they? Yeah. Are like, you know, they're really well made and well posed. Whereas, you know, like normally around castles, it's like some horrifying Doctor Who automaton has been yeah. shoved into some dresses and gawkily standing there. But it's like they're really well done. Yeah. I, th- I think and, the, um, you've yeah. just you've just reminded me one thing. The one thing I have been doing this this week is also resisting buying any more Games Workshop stuff. Because they've they've announced a whole new load of models, and some of them look fantastic. But I cannot buy any more models. I have enough models. So I need to paint some. Sorry, carry on with what you were saying there, Hodge. Oh, yeah, so yeah, it's um, it's really good. Yeah, we we enjoyed it. And cool. the, uh, what else we done? We we flipped through Happy Valley in the last week or two. That was that's worth watch. Not often stuff which seems to be a critical acclaim over is actually as good as a hype mixed out. Yeah. That was really good. Um, we're most of the way through Welcome to Wrexham now. Like Kevin oh. Mike's attempts to spoil potential potential season two for us, before we've even finished season one. From that, we spoiled us from Kevin a... Mike to come out of nowhere. You know when they're going to put him in there? They don't tag the spoiler warnings. You just put out results as if nobody cares. You know when we were talking Same about the Bowl. Super Bowl, when we were talking about the Super Bowl, I was about to say spoilers, but it doesn't count if it's sport. Yeah, it does. It, it, yeah, it, doesn't. <laughs> it, it doesn't really does Super Bowl because no one gives a shit because we're English. I mean. That's patently untrue. Loads of people watched it last night. Five people. You two, Dan, and two people who'd left the channel on and fallen how, asleep. How do, you, how do you think they have enough fans so they can sell out, like, Wembley in the Tottenham Stadium? To because people them? travel over the world to follow their teams. No, it's... Also, it's you know, football, also, you know football fans are all fucking idiots. They'll go see anything at Wembley. They'll see the Kaiser Chiefs at Wembley. No, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I'll give, I'll give you that one, Kevin. Who are still probably better singers. <laughs> Un- unwarranted, unwarranted sniper. The Kaiser Chiefs. There, I'm generally ambivalent about them, but the, you know the gag was there. So you got Me to. Too. I, I, I would love to pretend I set Kev up, but the truth is, I did not know that. I am, I am mostly joking. I don't, I don't really feel that way about Americans um, and their non-football. Or actual football, yeah. but I do feel that way about Kevin, Mike, and their spoilers. Fair enough. Well, the well, spoilers <laughs> for the Wrexham. football for the football league. The, what is it? The Champions League they're in, or something? Now let's no, be fair. No, also, but but let's be fair. The only reason Kevin, Mike are talking about Wrexham is because of the program, not because they've always had a deep-seated love to know how Wrexham are doing. Mike yes, supports like Swindon, doesn't he? Isn't that yeah. the same same ballpark? I'm gonna get no, like no, I could I could have a lot of very fucking angry football fans. Ever, ever legal, I, don't, I don't I don't know I don't know I didn't know anything about American football I just watched it last night for the crack I don't know anything about regular British football uh, but I'd watch Wrexham for the crack it's yeah it's not spoilers right. so Wrexham are in the National League uh, which is the what used to be known as the Conference uh, Swindon are in League Two which is one above that league so right. if Wrexham got promoted this year. They will be playing, probably be playing Swindon next year. Mike will be at that game. Um, I think, well, I think, yeah. yeah. Everyone will want to go to that one. It's, yeah. it's exciting. This is why it's exciting, but it's a focus on a small club. Yeah. Owned by famous people. Cool. Anyway, 
shall we crack on to April 2004? Can I just say one last thing, which has been bothering me? Is this about pillows? This is about pillows. It's about pillows. Not about pillows. <laughs> not about pillows. It's about journalism. <laughs> it's about journalism? Yeah. So-called journalists. Right. Go on. Can we all agree that if you're the sort of person who spends your day... Right... So, April 2004. <laughs> uh, so, we'll start off with the news. On the night... You can't be trusted anymore, Hodge. On the 19th I've got it of April... My, I've got, I had it written down in my notes to tell you it says, Writers, those who have tweet then describe, reword what's in it. Waste of breath. Fucking hell. I just, no, I just don't know why you're... No! 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 <laughs> what's triggered this? <laughs> I... If it's all happening on certain websites, don't go on the websites. You don't know it's happening until you're there. I mean, like, oh, this isn't a proper story. This is a fucking nonsense again. <laughs> and it's too late then. You've given them the click. You've Those given them the click. Grubby money grabbing little bastards. Anyway, April 2004. <laughs> before this nonsense happened. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the 19th of April, in a change of government policy, Tony Blair announces that there will be a referendum on the proposed EU constitution. Spoilers, there wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Kev, I'm waiting for the next season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, 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 we had a referendum uh, a few years later and it went really well. Yeah. <laughs> but is, is this the same thing though because this says the eu no, constitution was, um, rather than our membership of the eu no it was it would be yeah there's a new the, the membership the terms of membership were changing right yeah so potentially you could have said we we could have a referendum on it but i don't know what the would if we didn't sign up to it what would have happened i don't know yeah. i'm not as expert in the politics of this this era i would say we were members of the club and the club rules were changing. We had to understand if we were going to accept those rules, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, okay. No one, yeah, other than the loonies and the right of the Tory party, no one was really that against it at the time. Okay, cool. On the 28th of April, landmark office building 30 St Mary's Axe, also known as The Gherkin in the City of London, designed by Norman Foster, opens. This was, yeah, this was part of a very, uh, start of a change to the London skyline, wasn't it? Um, I think the first significant change before this would have been um, the uh, London Eye, or the Millennium Wheel, as it probably would have been known at that time, I think. Um, the O2? Yeah, probably the O2, but but no, I, no, I don't know if the O2 the would really change the skyline. Well, it's not going to change the London skyline. It's been uh, uh, since the year 2000. Um, the Globe Theatre? Yeah, again, no. Um, I'm joking. I've, 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 they're picking on me today, everyone. Um, so, yeah, that's it uh, in terms of news. So the Gherkin opened 
now a prominent thing. It's, it's the sort of thing you start seeing in all the Hollywood movies when someone wants to signify that your thing in is in London. Yeah. I kind of hadn't realised it had only been there as long as that. It's newer than I yeah. remembered, really. It's it's either the gherkin or just some eels. Yeah. Those are the two things. Establishing shot, London, eels. Lord Sugar on a side street, snorting eels. Cabbages <laughs> off an eel's back. Lord Sugar with ears, eels coming out of his ears. I mean, it's a common enough sight, isn't it, really? It's been in, like, it's the Street Fighter background whenever you're in the UK. It's just Alan Sugar with ears coming out of his chin. Um, you're, you're fired! What I couldn't hear you. I'm the one with eels in my ears. You should be able to hear me fine. That's. Uh, <laughs> how could I hear you say? What did you say? That's what you're wondering. I'm lip reading, obviously. Ah, <laughs> oh, Alan Sugar and I. Seems quite blank. Yeah. spectrum. <laughs> What? I <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on to music. Um, uh, and we'll start with the uh, released albums. Um, I'm going to start with this one because it's weird and I didn't even know it existed today. It's Alkaline Trio and One Man Army, BYO Split Series, Volume 5. And the reason why I was confused about this is because I'd never heard of it. Now, turns out the BYO Split Series was if supposed like you get two punk bands on one album and they cover each other's tracks and I thought this is great there's going to be some new material here that I haven't heard but it turns out that this one they just do their own tracks what they just did their own tracks so um th- this was effectively an EP before like most of the tracks on this were then released on um uh follow up album so a lot of the tracks came out on crimson for alkaline trio um, the only uh, cover track is um, Wait for the Night which was originally by The Damned um... Let's wait for the blackout The light is too bright Let's wait for the blackout Wait for the night Well welcome to my basement flat No windows to see through When darkness falls Volume 5 eschews the actual format that the series is known for. Yeah, which is, it's also weird because Alkali Trio did do their own album with Hot Water Music called Split, where they did cover each other's tracks. So I wonder, like, but I think that was before this. So I, it's, it's a Did weird they one. send the wrong recording sessions to <laughs> the wrong album? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's a very weird one, but it was like, I saw this and was like, what the hell is BYO Split? And then I found out, and then I was like, wow, that sounds exciting. And then I found out more, and I was like, that's very boring now because I, I've heard all of these songs. So there we go. I can rant too, goddammit. Um, next up uh, is a band I'd never heard of. Um, except I have 
Modest Mouse, good news for people who love bad news. Did you just burp? No, I'm laughing. I'm right. laughing at you saying, laughing at you, this is a band I've never heard of, except I have heard of them. Yeah. Um, I should I should clarify, I've never heard of the band, I've heard one of the songs, and I don't know where oh, okay. from. <clears throat> yeah, so, band again. Again, is Modest Mouse, good news for people who love bad news. I didn't know if any of you would have um, heard of it. Uh, Float On was on one of the uh, guitar heroes or rock bands, um, and they were quite big around this time. That's why I know it. That's why I know it. I was like, why do I know this song? Because it was on one of the uh, guitar heroes or something. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they might be a a U band, Matt. I mean, I I would say they're probably not a me band. I listened to the album earlier today, and apart from that one song, they're, they're all right. Um, might have been one of those things where if I'd if I'd have listened to it back in the day, I'd been like, "This is great," and then I would now have some fond nostalgic memories for them. But um, yeah, it's alright. It's not bad. It's alright. They're sort of how would you describe them? They are sort of like, I don't know, uh, alt indie. Yeah, there's there's banjos and horns and things going on. It's alt rock. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not bad. It seems a bit like uh, precursors to stuff like Go Go Bordello. Like, nowhere uh, near as, you know, interesting, but it sort of in that range. What is it? The stars of vaguely old for, alternative folk rock? Alternative rock. Alternative rock, yeah. Yeah. So, um, next up, we have... I'm doing the music, apparently. <laughs> next up, we oh, have... Well, no, no, it's all right. It's, all right. it's just weird. Um, it's uh, Drowning Pool, desensitised. Yes, so I, I put this on because, uh, yeah, dr- everyone knows a Drowning Pool song. Yeah, we know one Drowning Pool song. It's not on this album. <laughs> which, what, which which one is that? Bodies Hit the Floor. Oh, okay, that's okay. Yeah. yeah, you're right. We do know one Drowning Pool song. Yeah, Bodies um, That is a good song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Drowning Pool released an album called Bodies in, I think, 2001. Uh and they had a big hit off that. They had a couple of other songs off that. They seemed to be a band that was actually essentially going to go somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but their singer died suddenly. Oh, uh, really? Uh, I did not realise that. Um, uh, natural causes. Something wrong with his heart, apparently. Um, so this was the follow-up uh, to that, which, yeah, um, it does have one uh, song uh, called Step Up which was used in WrestleMania 20. So that was quite a big song for them. Yeah. But really recovered from losing their lead singer. Uh, is it Jason Jones was their lead singer? Is that right? Or is that... Um, Jason Jones was... Um, no, Jason Jones was the singer on this album. Ah, okay, cool. So, um, well, maybe... I to replace Dave but... Williams, who sadly yeah. died. So, yeah. again, I, I listened to this album in preparation for the episode. It's, it's very new metal. Yeah, you've been living on the edge of a 
I think I, I think they never really this at this point new metal was dying of its ass. So yeah, I, I I think maybe what might be interesting is bear with me here. I think that what the reason why new metal was it was it was very popular for a time, but it was also how do you put it? It was also dismissed by long-term metal fans at the time as well. Uh, well, you know what I mean, because anything yeah, new think... is bad. But also, I think it's because new metal compared with a lot of the uh, older traditional metal bands had a lot more production on it. This album definitely has a lot of production. You can hear it in, like, you know what I mean. It's it's got a lot of ex- additional layers and uh, and tracks and stuff like that, which. Um, Again, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but I do think it's it's something that's unique to new metal. And when and it's when you can identify something as that, it becomes a bit like, well, it's not. They're not doing it properly. They're not doing it with just you know uh, instruments and drums. They've got people like layering stuff and doing things to the stuff in the background. Your um your average Baden and Thrash bands, they uh, fans didn't like the nineties. Yeah, um, they didn't like the new stuff. Uh, and those those bands went away quite quite significantly. Like, like Maiden couldn't could sell out Brixton or something. It seems a bit mad now, but they'd started to come back this time. Maiden, Bruce Dickinson came back to Maiden. Um, bands like Anthrax, Slayer, Megadeth started having a bit of a renaissance sort of the uh, noughties. So yeah, new metal, traditional. I mean, like some people throw new metal in with like Slipknot, System of Down, uh, yeah. Deftone. They're not. I don't at this point need none of those of new metal bands. Yeah, I think there's there was a case of it being new metal as in literally new metal, and then I would also say there is actually a genre of new metal, and yeah, so Slipknot was new metal, N E W metal. Well, um, they were they were called a new a, an N U metal band. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's that's exactly it. Um, I think, and then I think once now that we've the dust has cleared, if you like. Um, you can see there's a difference between what was a metal band that was new and what was new metal, because there is definitely a sound that is new metal. And I would say uh, Drowning Pool are pretty much a very, very good example of that. Yeah. yeah. So, but Step Up's a banger. Yeah. Step Up. But yeah, I think that was a... Cool. Um, we've also got Machine Head... Through the ashes of empire, try to try to do new metal um, with not very good, uh, not very good results. But they were back on the rise um, at this point. Machine Head. This was a, a comeback album. I think it was the Burning Red, which was their new metal album. Um, yeah, which had rapping on. And then they released Supercharger, and then this was the one that sort of again, like oh, Machine Head are properly back. Um, this is a, uh, a very good album.
one for the next album, which was the Blackening. But yeah, this was a well-regarded album at the time, and it's aged very well as well. The song you probably know the most of on this is Imperium. Uh, the reason I know that song is because I'm a Warhammer fan, and Warhammer takes okay. place in the Imperium. Right, yeah. okay. Um, but uh, I have to say, I wasn't a fan of this album, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, again, listen to it for this episode. And I think this is the second uh, Machine Head album that we've covered, isn't it? Um, yes, yeah. we did. Uh, uh, oh, the 2014 one. Yeah. Uh, I would say there's just something about them that doesn't grab me. Okay. Yeah, and I, I can't I can't really explain what it is. I think there's just not a hook in there for me, which, again, maybe, again, could be a bit like if, you know, if you've been with there for the start you're like what the hell are you talking about but maybe because i'm going through and so sometimes discovering albums like this as a result of listening to them it's just not but that's you know that's a personal thing i imagine other people are like what the fuck are you talking about machine head are always great and you are a <laughs> well machine head are a band that have up and ups and downs um and this was a part of, a bit a bit like we discussed with tribune um this, this is a part of their upswing again so they're which will peak with the blackening, which is regarded as one of the best metal albums ever made, certainly of the 21st century. Um, yeah. rightly so, it is brilliant. Um, this is not as good as that, it's still very good. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I don't really know as much else to add to it. This is, uh, yeah, if you if you want the best Machine Head album, listen to Blackening or um, Burn My Eyes, but this is up there. Cool. Uh, interesting one that we had down for this month, but we since found out it's February. But fuck it, we're going to talk about it anyway. Uh, is Franz Ferdinand, uh, which came out in April in the US, which is why we got confused. But we're going to talk about it uh, with their album Franz Ferdinand. Hodge, you don't like this album, do you? No, I can't. There's not a lot to say about it. Is I'm looking at the tracks on it, and I don't really recognise any of them. Really, yeah. you don't recognise. Take me. Take me out is it is the only one I can look at. Guy, know what that song is? Okay, maybe cool. Michael. Oh, Michael is Michael. Yeah, Michael's yeah. on this. Michael say Michael, Michael, Michael over and over again. No, it's it's like come and dance with Michael. Yeah, yeah, I do know that one. Yeah. I'm, uh, sure I'm sure it was like a parody of that one, isn't there? And very recently, this fire on this album was used as the theme for Cyberpunk 2077. I mean, Franz, uh, Franz Bernand are fine. They, you know, they're they're very solid, like you know, C slash B grade, aren't they? They're better. I, I really, I, I really oh. like this album. I really yeah. like this album. Um, again, we, I, sorry, Kev, I'll let you talk. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, Matt. <laughs> yeah, you go, you go. Sorry. Well, no, I just, I really like this album. I thought uh, it was, you know, even the filler songs were quite poppy and interesting. They were, you know, they like had some decent 
uh, tracks on it. So I, I have good members of uh, good memories of um, really uh, listening to this album like quite consistently over and over again uh, when it came out. Um, again, this is when this fire was the uh, track used for Cyberpunk. I was like, Jesus! I didn't even anyone know, know anyone knew this song existed. Um, let alone being used as a you know a theme for an anime for a Polish uh, I mean, video game. Reviews would tend to agree with you rather than me. It was very well reviewed. It just didn't really grab me. Like I didn't like dislike it, but it wasn't. It didn't hook me enough to make me want to well, re-listen to it. Well, you see, well, when I when I say that I didn't like uh, uh, Machine Head's album, right? I'm right when you say that you just didn't like Franz Ferdinand's <laughs> album because of your taste. You're wrong. So. But again, I would say, even if I didn't like, didn't like it, is to go too far. I think it's just fine. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like it 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 it, um, it creates no emotion in me one way or the other. Uh, that's and yeah. Is, is that worse? No, not really. <laughs> Probably not actually. No, no, no I'm joking. I, it's not. I will say, um, I, I'm on record of not liking landfill indie bands in general. Mm. I think it's very bad genre music at that point. I really like Franz Ferdinand. I think they stand head and shoulders above all those bands. Um, I think this which is. I'm, which I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say because I think there are better bands you've caught classes in the landfill. You're like, better than Franz Ferdinand. Who? I can't think off the top of my head, but I'm sure there are because yeah. my gut tells me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think this is a this is a really good album. They they write really good songs and they don't they don't sort of rely on that like oi oi, Chelsea. Yeah. Thing. Um, but. A lot of the bands did around this time um it's, it's a lot more interesting um that being said as was usual for at this time they uh, released this album in 2004 they were headlining reading within two years yeah uh, they were just catapulted up festival lineups without really being ready for it um and then their career just went off and nosedived well, because I think they won the mercury award didn't they which is all which it almost feels to me like like it it gets given to a a British indie band every every, uh, uh, every for the uh, during this time I'm talking about sorry I yeah, say, yeah. No, I don't Dur- think they, for this one did they want to win it for the next uh, one oh what for the follow up yeah I could be wrong it's, it's not listed as that they won. Uh, okay no. ignore me they must have done it for the for the, for the other one um yeah but, um but yeah take take me out was everywhere um it was. Um, but right, it's a good song. Yeah. Um, but they they saw they're another band that just went from nowhere to massive off the back of this album really quickly. So and then within five years were forgotten about. Yeah. Um, yes. Cool. Righty ho. Still making music now. Sorry. They're still making music now. Yeah. Yeah. No one's talking about them. Well, that's just, well, to be fair, that's just because you aren't into that sort of music now. I mean, you know, I'm sure, no, I mean, no. people could quite easily say, oh, no one's, if, if you're not into that sort of thing, then yeah. I mean, anyone could say that about anything that no one's talking about them if they're not following that steer. So, I mean. Okay. In, well, does that in, make sense? Yes, it does. Um, so, uh, in uh, music singles, so we've got uh, for the third, 27th of March to 3rd of April, we've got a year. By Usher, featuring Ludacris and Lil John. Don't remember this. Um, you will. I listened to this here. You would definitely know it. Uh, would it? Okay, one of those. Yeah, you know, you know all of these. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I probably would. I just don't recognise the title. Um, 
10th of April, 17th of April, got Five Colours in Her Hair by McFly. Um, now, that is a song which sounds like it's from a different era. Oh, it 100% does. Um, I remember... It sounds like it's like from the 50s or 60s. Deliberately so. Deliberately yeah. so. Yeah. Um, so they've done, done quite a good job if, if you if you keep that in mind for it. It's meant to sound... Yeah. Uh, there was a... Because um... the, the guy from um, A writes for McFly. Yeah. And Busted, doesn't he? Yes. I, I think definitely McFly. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, I was right to like busted all that time. <laughs> uh, you fake A fans. It was <laughs> fake A fans. Yeah. If we don't like busted, we don't like A. Is that is that yeah. thing? Yeah, you don't appreciate right. A's writing. It's just ah. Oh. Okay. okay. Surface, le- surface level fans. A-, A A being who? What's the name of the main person from A? Mister A. <laughs> Shut up, Plopko. Right. I think his name's Monkey. Um, just um, speaking of, like I was about to say, uh, a friend of my dad's, I remember this, came round, got very drunk one night, and he thought McFly were brilliant. And he said, oh, aren't they like the next Beatles? And I thought, no, probably more like the next Monkeys. But, I mean, uh, that, and that was based on him listening to this song. Um, <laughs> then 24th of April, I do remember this one, which is called Fuck It, I Don't Want You Back by Eamon. And I quite like how like angry and un- underplayed, understated angry this song is. Yeah. Um, do you remember that there was a follow-up single? No. That was called "Fuck You Right Back." <laughs> was it? Yeah. It was. Um, it was a basically. This was. Oh, you've been. Um, you've been stepping out with other men behind my back. You know. Fuck you. I don't want you back. And the other one was like, yeah, but you stink like ass, and you're always out with your boys, and. You cheat on me, so fuck you, right? Oh, back. by Frankie. By Frankie. Yes, yes. So, uh, uh, and I don't know if they were at, like they were, you know, if they were actually dating or anything like that. Couldn't tell you that. Um, but it was, it was fun. It was fun to have a nice sort of uh, excuse me. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, in terms of the album charts, we've got Confessions by Usher. Um, I'm gonna have a. Con- I'm gonna make a confession right now. There are a few tracks on the album Confessions. I really like um, Let It Burn, I think is on that album. It's really good. Uh, Anastasia with the album Anastasia. Interestingly, that was never released in America. What, the album Anastasia? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. It's the, um, I remember it. it is the third album by her. Yeah, it wasn't released in the States. Yeah. Um, and then a Greatest Hits from Guns N' Roses. At least it's not ABBA this time. Yeah, but... I mean... <laughs> Aren't they just the ABBA of... I was going to say the ABBA of metal, but I don't know if... Well, do they count as metal? I don't know. Hard rock. Uh, rock, rock. Rock. Okay. Yeah. They're the ABBA of rock. There you go. Except that's absolutely untrue. <laughs> Queen are probably the ABBA of rock. Or ACDC. Oh, yeah. No, Queen makes more sense, because ABBA are quite varied, aren't they? Yeah. Um, cool. Not the... Guns N' Roses are, but I think I think the Guns N' Roses thing because they they're only released like four albums. Yeah. Whereas Queen released quite a lot. Cool. Anyway, so moving on to films. Um, so uh, let's start at the top. So we got Hellboy, which uh, is great because it's probably the first time any of us heard the t- the words Guillermo del Toro. 
Yes. Or Hellboy. Yeah. Oh, well, there is that as well, yes. Yeah. Uh, it'd be great if we could go, oh, yeah, we were deeply into the Dark Horse comics of the 90s. That's a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. Um... This, was, this was sort of a time where um, any any comic book licenses that some people could get hold of, yes. they would try and buy and make a film out of. It's sort of before it became um, sort of Marvel gobbled up all their stuff. And... The... Yeah, basically the same. So you're getting a lot of like this was, this was released. I think you've got like a, a lecture film and a dead. It was all any sort of thing, and it was no, it was not in a cinematic universe. It was just we're going to release. We've got the license. We're going to release a film. They're really popular at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It was very much a case of throwing stuff at the wall to see what stuck. And there, I'd say there was some good stuff out of that, but it it wasn't cohesive. So. Yeah. Uh, it, I would say Hellboy and Hellboy 2 are actually pretty great films um, yeah they were, I really enjoyed yeah. both films um, it's also, I would just say it's astonishing that that's Ron Perlman under all that it's yeah, one of those, it's one of those things that I think the, the the casting was done to fit the character Yeah. rather than, oh we'll book a name to um, because it will sell more tickets which was more prevalent back then Yes. Yeah. We we want this is the person we want to play. Obviously, Guillermo del Toro, so he he knows what he's doing. So. Well, yeah, nobody nobody went um, back in the day. They went, you know, who I really want to play? Dare, Matt Murdock, Ben Affleck. No one was saying that, but Ben Affleck was a known name. Um, so uh, the fact that he's still playing Batman is bizarre. They <laughs> did they cast him as Batman for some reason? Yeah. Um, so yeah, but uh, Hellboy, it's actually a really, really good film. It's really weird and interesting and pretty faithful to the comics, which is like, I think that's what makes it interesting, particularly is that it's, it, generally speaking, um, holds quite true, basically. To, to Ernie, interestingly. Yeah. Ernie Doug Jones performance as well, isn't it? He did the uh, facial capture stuff for the I forgot what character it is. Um, it was a character that was did he was a character that like a lived under what? Because he Doug Jones then became was in uh oh hey, I'm with you Abe Sapien, yeah, yeah yeah. So he then sort of basically plays a very similar character in uh the shape is it Shape of Water? Really? Yeah. That, oh, is that the yeah. same person? I did not know that. Doug Jones, yeah, he's he's done quite a lot of things like that. He was he, he's uh, Saru in uh, Discovery, which oh yeah. oh now you said it. Obvious, yeah. but before the, I think it's because he's very tall and, and lithe. But yeah, if you need yeah. someone to play a freaky fish guy, he's obviously your man. Yeah, but he, he, he's done he similar to Andy Circus, and they're at the forefront of this of the motion capture stuff. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly, um, Del Toro and the Hellboy creator envisioned this film as a Ray Harryhausen film. Ah. Film was shopped and rejected by various studios for years due to studios disliking the title, the script, and the fact that Pearl, uh, the fact that Pillman was cast as Hellboy. Del Toro invited Harryhausen to teach the film's animators what made his effect techniques uni- unique. He declined because he feels that modern films are too violent. It's it's interesting because Pearlman, I would have said um, before this, was a dude who was just in stuff. Mm. Like no no one other than someone like Guillermo del Toro would cast him as a leading man, um, and then I'd say he like he would have got roles like in Sons of Anarchy and stuff like that after this. Uh, yeah, because, I was going to say I wonder if you can yeah, draw a line from this to that. I, I think he pretty much can because 
Uh, and of course, you know, the other lovely thing is uh, Ron Perlman is one of them people who's one of those great, like, I am just an actor, I do acting all the time, and he, he's always in, you know, uh, so many animated roles as a voice actor and stuff like that. I love Ron Perlman, I think he's great. Um, he's probably, I don't know, we'll probably find out he's done something awful now that I've said that. Um, it's a bit like how, um, I know this is going to bring things up to, up to current day for a moment, but I wonder if um, after that Last of Us, you'll see Nick Offerman in more dramatic roles. Now he's had a chance to like show off really well what he can do as not just a comedy actor. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you mean there. Yeah, potentially. Um, he could be a kind of Ron Pillman sort of character in a way, couldn't he? Yep. Uh, the next one we've got up is The Whole Ten Yards, which is the sequel to The Whole Nine Yards, which has Matthew Perry and uh, Bruce uh, Willis in a, yep. in a romantic comedy film, I think. I, well, I... The Whole Nine Yards is a good, funny film. The Whole Ten Yards has a 4% score on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've not seen the whole ten yards. Yeah. Um, what have I? Is it? Is, yeah, is, yeah. So yeah, I've seen yeah. the whole nine yards, and I like that. I've not seen the whole ten yards. I'll be honest. Until you told me it was a sequel, Matt, I thought I was just remembering the title wrong. Ah, uh, okay. You thought we were going to talk about the whole nine yards. Um, I did, but we're not. We're talking about the whole ten yards, which is the is. apparently uh, not good. Which is the meet <laughs> the fuckers to the meet the parents. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like Meet the Parents. That's still a decent film. Meet the Fockers, no. Um, and the the other ones, no. Um, so then we've got The Punisher, which is the Thomas Jane Punisher. Uh, I liked this film. I thought this was good and deserved a proper sequel um, that we never got. Uh, this is Thomas Jane as uh, Frank Castle and John Travolta as the bad guy in it. Isn't he? Yeah. yeah, and off of Battlefield Earth, I think. Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> much so. Um, and uh, uh, this is this is a pretty good action film. Um, it's got some, uh, you know, really interesting. Uh, how to put it? Some really great moments. Like there's the bit where they send the weird, unstoppable Russian guy to come get him, and they're just throwing each th- other through walls. And there's a. Uh, you know, operatic soundtrack in the background. It's really fun. It's it it's is. Fair, a, I've not seen this. Isn't it? It's like a fairly faithful. Yeah. To yeah. Um. So, it, I and the bit of basically that what's great about this is the way they work it is that he's killed the Punisher's entire family. Like, and unlike like the Marvel universe and, and also the MCU, where it's like his wife and kids, he's killed his whole extended family. It's like every member was at a family picnic and they all die, apart from uh, Frank Castle. So he goes around like basically picking his life apart, which is great. I love that idea <laughs> of him like right, I'm going to like you know it, it's and his family are all obviously awesome, like the the family of the crime lord, I should say. Uh, awful assholes. So uh, it's fun to watch him basically destroy their lives. Um, <laughs> I have a very, <laughs> a very specific uh, set of things I find cathartic. Um, yeah, uh, but he never got a sequel, which is uh, I think was a huge shame. Um, uh, what's the name of the actor who's the current guy? Um, oh, uh, Shane. No, Shane and Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, 
He's, he's, he's still great. Let's yeah. be fair. He is fantastic in that role. I think the MCU Punisher is, is is better than this, but this was still very good. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's also, interestingly, uh, a tentative link with uh, some of the music that we put in uh, this week. Because Jason Jones from Drowning Pool collaborated with Ben Moody and Jason C. Miller for a song, The End Has Come, uh, which appeared in this film on the soundtrack. There you go. A little bit of trivia. John Bernthal. John, thank you. John Bernthal. Yes. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Um, Next up. What was that? Sorry, there's a bit where he goes, wait, 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 which has been me quite a lot. Um. Uh, next up, okay, we've got Kill Bill Volume 2. So, uh, my question about this. So, the first Kill Bill I really, really like. My question about Volume 2 is, does Volume 2 work on its own as a film? I, I don't know, to be honest. I've never watched it on its own. I don't really remember very much about the Kill Bill films. I kind of wonder how well they hold up. I, I, the... I found this one quite slow and ponderous. Yeah, I did as well. First one, I think, uh, yeah. Um, and the first, the first uh, part of the film, or sorry, volume one, is pretty much a straight revenge story, with which leaves it open for a sequel. I this, and I think this was something that we were seeing at the time. This is not a complete film. This is half of a film, and this was quite prevalent, I think, at this time because you had the Lord of the Rings kind of doing it. Although I would say the Lord of the Rings yeah. did it best because each of those are. A complete film in themselves. Uh, each of those individual films have a beginning, middle, and end. Uh, but you also had The Matrix doing it with The Matrix uh, Reloaded. Like, The Matrix Reloaded is not a complete film. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean were doing it. Uh, again, the second one of that, not a complete film. So there was a lots of weird sort of moments of uh, this. I think it was because, again, people were trying to see, well, can we get people to come see two films rather than three films and like again you had what was it twilight had like two or three films harry potter had two films like uh yeah it, i mean part of it probably is you can pay to you could pay to get stuff filmed um in one go yeah uh, so you're you're not you're not doing something when ramping up production again for a sequel um kids aren't aging out of parts yeah it does yeah it does make sense to do it that way i think but like you said, Lord of the Rings works because it's each film was structured as a complete story. Yeah. Here's what's coming next. Um, it didn't so much on this. Uh, uh, yeah, it's probably, to, to be fair, it's also worth saying that Quentin Tarantino was very much like, I actually want to release this as one film. And they were like, right, you've got to cut about an hour out of it. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. You know, because he's Quentin Tarantino. So... Um, but you know, uh, it's talking about the film itself. There are some good moments in it. The actual fight in the uh, what's it word in in the small porter cabin house is brilliant. Like the amount that, of action scene you could put, you could film in a tiny, tiny space was really fun. With like Daryl Hannah um, going at it, the whole uh, you know the whole fact that um, Quentin Tarantino clearly doesn't understand Superman is very fun. Because it's a nice cultural st- touchstone to sort of go, no, you you totally missed the point of that character. Um, <laughs> well, how does how does Superman view hum- humanity? He's he's Clark Kent. He's weak and he's clumsy. No, wrong. Um, 
we, which you know we could go into, but we won't. Um, but yeah, it has good moments, like the whole uh, Eastern like kung fu film master bit is kind of fun. But again, these are fun things, but I don't think they necessarily add up, you know, to a fun film of, in and of themselves. Combined with Volume One, if you were to sit down and watch Volume One and Volume Two like back to back, brilliant, love it. But on its own, no, I don't think Volume Two works. No, reviews I read sort of all say that about both films actually that they the the the, the they're better than the sum of their parts if you view them together. Yeah, yeah. Because um, they released it, didn't they? As a, I, I had to double check this, so I wasn't sure if I was remembering it wrong. But they did release it as a combined film of them um, kill Bill the whole bloody affair, ah. which merged the two films back together again and put in a few new like animated sequences. Right. Yeah, because that was the other thing. I would say the first. Uh... First film had a lot more visually interesting things going on, at least that I remember, uh, compared mm. to the second one. Um, yeah, so there we go. And finally, um, I this is might surprise you, uh, but I think this is actually the best film on this on this list is Mean Girls. I've never seen it. Um, I don't think I have. So, genuinely. Um, I think this film really, really holds up because it could be about pretty much any time in you know it could be set in any era if you know what I mean. Um, and it's it's smarter than I think it's probably you would probably think. So yeah, Mean Girls is about a girl who has been homeschooled, and it's Lindsay Lohan. Um, Lindsay Lohan looking like a competent actor. Imagine back in like seriously it's you know it's kind of weird because of course she's massively gone off the rails since then um but yeah she's uh she plays a girl who's been homeschooled for the first however many years of her life has never been to school and then is immediately put into uh, an american high school when her mum loses her job so written by tina fey kev yeah tina fey's okay. in it yeah yeah she's in she's it. in it and and writes it yeah and um so effectively what happens is she goes to school and of course oh you're a nerd uh, but then out of nowhere uh, she gets picked up by the popular girls who are known as the plastics and uh, you know her her mates who are a goth girl and a uh, gay best friend and that's not like that that is what it is that's very you know that's very apparent uh, sort of think this is a great idea because then they'll be able to get do shit on the end and it basically becomes what's good about this is because it starts off as, you know, the plastics are all just evil in, you know, mm. that's the view of them. And then she actually gets to hang out with them. And then it's like, ah, they're not all just evil. Um, but then she, and then she becomes friends with them. And then it becomes that, you know how, like, there's an interesting thing where it's like, uh, oh, I'm, I'm ironically hanging out with them to get information on them sort of thing but it's no you you're not when you start when you do things ironically at a certain point you're not doing them ironically you're just doing them yeah yeah <clears throat> it's like i might get out watch some point yeah um and it holds up really well and this humor is pretty good as well it's yeah uh i i'd say it's actually one of the um uh like one of those things where we talked about like american pie uh in our last yeah. episode where that kind of doesn't really hold up. This really does. It's actually surprising. Um, and of course, it's given us lots of great memes. So, you know, the stop trying to make fetch happen. 
because that's oh, another, okay. that's another thing they do. They don't try and that like there's very little jargon in this. There's not a lot of trying to you know ah oh, we're down with the kids and here's the jargon the kids use. Not a lot of that in it, which I think is great because I think when you see programs do that, I cringe a little bit. Even something I really like, Spectacular Spider-Man, does that a little bit. It's like well, yeah. it dates it a little bit, but this is uh, really good. And also, um, you know, getting loser, we're going shopping. Title of this episode: Getting loser, we're going podcasting. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's the title of the episode. But yeah, no, like genuinely, if you'd have asked me which of these uh, films has held up the best, I I wouldn't initially have said Mean Girls, but it, it is. It's really like it really has. So next up is video games. For what it's worth. Yeah, for what it's worth. <laughs> it's, bare, it's barely worth scrolling back to the notes on. Yeah, so um, Hitman Contracts, I had this. This was the, I would say, the first Hitman game that I bought back in the day. It's good. It's Hitman. Um, it's got a great moment the at the Xbox. end where you burst out of coffin and, and kill everyone. Spoilers. For a, for, for a, for a nearly 19-year-old game. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty good actually. Uh, Hitman Contracts. It's it was one of the ones where they kind of went where the uh, where the missions itself and the structure of the mission started to um, be more important than you know an overarching story. Like there is an overarching story, but the missions are more fun basically in this. Um, Painkiller. Now, Painkiller was a first-person shooter. Painkiller. Uh, absolutely, that is a hundred percent accurate. So, if I talked about a first-person uh, shooting game where you blast demons uh, to a heavy metal soundtrack, uh, what does that sound like to you? You want me to say Doom, don't you? I do want you to say Doom because I it think does. it sounds like uh, Kirby's Dream Adventure. I think you need to stop <laughs> taking those pills. Um, yeah, it's... ridiculous uprising. Ridiculous <laughs> uprising. That's a third per. Those are third person perspectives. Um, yeah, painkiller is like it's a massive. All right, it's a massive. It's a massive influence on Doom 2016. Um, I would say obviously Doom 2016 does a number of things better than it. Obviously, it's had a lot more time, but this is like uh, this is very much like the same vibe of blasting legions of undead demons and stuff like that. And then the and then heavy metal music kicks in, so it's yeah, it's it's of its time. It's probably not held up as well, um, but it's yeah, it's 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 very beloved in that sort of boomer shooter uh, community. Speaking of beloved, City of Heroes. Hey, do you remember when everyone wanted to be a World of Warcraft, where everything had to be a World of Warcraft? Because World of Warcraft made all the money in the world at one point. Um, City of Heroes was was also one of them. DC Online remembers. That's still going, isn't it? I I don't know. I think it is. Um, Well, there there was other ones as well, like the EverQuest. Is that still going? Probably. I imagine, like, huge ones are still going. I think City of Heroes, sadly, I think this shut down. Um, yeah, so there was City of Heroes, there was also City of Villains, which was sort of an expansion um, to this. Uh, 
I, I remember it was at one point it was very very popular. I think maybe DC came along and stole its lunch a little bit. Don't know. Oh. Um, but uh, you yeah. know, uh, these these things are expensive to run anyway, and if they're not making money, they can yeah. Yeah. They, they can close quite quickly. Lots of. Years. I have to have new stuff all the time. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Is Final Fantasy fourteen now the preeminent? Yes, it is. I think it yeah. is. Um, actually, we we might need to we might need to fact check that, but. My gut feeling says yes, um, but maybe World of Warcraft is still very, very popular. So I don't know. Um, we'll we'll check that and I'll edit it into the episode um, as to which one was the bigger. So yeah, not a lot going on in video games. Finally, we have TV. Podge, do you want to take us through some TV? Oh well, I should also quickly fact check you that Final Fantasy XIV Realm Reborn was the highest number of players in 2022 right by some margin it had 3.5 million daily players at its peak the runner up to that with 1.29 million so quite a big gap is um old school runescape wow so where where out of interest where is world of warcraft on that list well, it's bringing up the third, actually, with okay. um, 1.11 million, so not massively far behind RuneScape. Okay, you mean more, like 1.11 million, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, not doing too badly there, really, for such an old game. Mm. You know, it's holding its holding its head high in its old age. Yeah, but... Um... So yeah, I was able to do that, Matt. I was able to hold its head high like that, because it hasn't tried to use a pillow that was too big. <laughs> <laughs> You proper <laughs> pillow care. Yeah, that's what we're all about. We're all about pop culture, and <laughs> and being fucking old, so that we can't sleep properly. Um... <laughs> okay, TV. Um, I know none of us cared about this, but I think it's probably culturally significant to lots of people who want us. Yeah. But Saturday Night Takeaway aired its final episode of the series. Outside the United Kingdom, live from a docked P&O cruise ship in Barcelona, Spain. As I read that, I now realise that probably wasn't the final, final episode. No. It was just airing the final episode outside of the UK, which yeah. makes this much less interesting and relevant. Yeah, it does. Isn't it still oh, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> this is This is maybe slightly less relevant than your pillow talk. <laughs> Hey, Matt, nothing wrong about pillow talk. <laughs> Although, uh, episode title should be pillow talk. <laughs> no. Pillow talk. Get, get, get in losers, it's time for pillow talk. <laughs> That's it, yeah, there we go. <laughs> cut, cut, print, there we go, all good. Um, cool. Print. Oh, put well, a couple we... conversations in just to make it really emphasise it. Yeah. Quick, quick, help us forget the mouldy old antics of Anton Jack. Um, the Australian soap Neighbours returned to the US TV for the first time since 1991. Again, this is fucking irrelevant because it's an Australian program going to the US. Like, so... <laughs> I, I was interested to know if it was even on in the US. So, but, like, Never literally only you. Literally only you. No one lots else was. People, lots of think people like Neighbours, all... Matt. It's coming back to Amazon. It, uh, yeah, good. But not lots in the US. We're going to turn into a neighbour's a neighbor's catch-up. Neighbour's catch-up. Neighbour's box set of 87,000 fucking episodes. No, I mean, we, I mean weekly. We could do like a... a it'll be funny because you wouldn't know what's happening at all because you never watch it anymore. 
Right. Kev will know vicariously through Flick, and I'll make sure I watch each one so I know exactly what's happening. And I will still edit it all out. <laughs> Learn to use audacity, then you can decide what stays in. My wife doesn't remember, like, a lot of stuff that happened on TV programs she watches, but, like, Neighbours, she can just recite, like, every single story. <laughs> I was wondering when it came back to the, when it came back to the, um, uh, America, did they air, like, the last episode that aired in 91, or did they have, like, a previously on Neighbours catch-up? <laughs> that lasted a, that lasted a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I used to say, and I'm convinced it's probably still true. I think all soaps are written by having a series of hats, and some hats have got characters' names in, and some hats have got wacky situations they find themselves in. And you put out a situation, and you put as many names as you need to make that situation work. You mean li- that's the plot, right? It sounds like manatees. Yeah, yeah. But I've been saying this since we were at uni. I mean, it's... Pre- my mystery predates the manatees. But I would not be surprised if right now all uh, neighbours' plot lines will be written by AI. Yeah. <laughs> you just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot to tell you, I did, I wanted to check if I could have... <laughs> so I once, I did a uh, AI Dungeon Master thing just to see how it was, and it was like, uh, choose a setting, and I was like, medieval. Choose a uh, thing, it's peasant. <laughs> This is see, see people want this content. If I said it was a pillow, people be less interested. I'm going to cut all this as well. I'm going to cut run, all run, this. Run, run that scenario again, Matt, but for a pillow item. For, for a pillow, yeah. Yeah. What um, happened? Get um, AI to talk about Hodge and his pillow. Yeah. <laughs> I put this in again. Um, there weren't many debuts, but there was a debut which was Mary Beard's Ultimate Rome Empire Without Limit. I figured Kev probably watched this. I'm not being sarcastic. I didn't watch it at the time, but Mary Beard's great. She's no, oh, no, I know she's like an institution, yeah. and and certain newspapers hate her, so that's even better. Is she one of these old people yeah. who tell posh people to fuck off, and that's why I, they don't they, like her? They don't like her because she because uh, of how she looks. That's oh right, okay. Oh, she's oh she's not very smart. It's like well, that's because she's. It doesn't matter. Who cares? She's the preeminent historian of Rome, so... Why won't you wear a suit to yeah. please me, a no, man? Why aren't you wearing makeup and, like, dressing in the way that I desire? Like, I'll tell you why, Alan Sugar, because you won't take his eels out of your ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alan Sugar's probably the type of person who says that. Yeah, he does. 100%. Oh, he does um, sound like a real twat, doesn't he? Like, if you read his tweets, he sounds like a real jerk. He is. He's a massive twat. Yeah. Of course he is. You don't get... You don't become a, a millionaire by being not a twat, unfortunately. Well, I mean, yeah, but I think you can be a millionaire by being a shrewd jerk businessman. You don't have to be, a, like, a jerk to everyone. You know, you have to be the Mr. Burns of the... Yeah, but also remember, he's a character now. He's not just... Yeah, that's true, Yeah. yeah. Could be worse though. There's a worse apprentice host. It's true, yeah. Yeah, there yeah, is. True. Yeah. So uh, we've also got a couple of episodes of South Park. Yeah, TV was a bit uh, light this month, but yeah, there's some really good episodes of South Park. Um, so one of my favourites, Awesome Yeah. I am the Awesome Four Thousand. 
Why don't you tell him stuff? <laughs> Come on, Osimo. Are you a pleasure model? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those like. <laughs> it is a great one. Just yeah. Exacerbates completely. Like Cartman dresses up in a robot to get Buster to tell secrets, and it turns out Buster's has got like a video of Cartman dressed as Britney Spears. Yes. Singing to his is so Cartman has to continue to be awesome. Yeah. Our episode. A robot friend. <laughs> That's right. Oh, it's so good. And like most of the people are completely like, yeah, they play robot like really seriously. These two. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas Hollywood people in Hollywood think he's actually a robot. Of course they do. Yeah. Can, he's a robot. He could write scripts. <laughs> <laughs> They were they were ahead of their time. They were, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh, they should bring they should, they should bring Awesome back for the stuff that's going on at the moment. They should actually. Yeah, yeah. But, but Butters, Butters finds out about it there, doesn't he? So yeah, yeah. yeah but we can send him to I don't know. We can send him to Hollywood or something. No, you just do you just do something where do it's art. like, uh, oh, I need to do my homework, and I send it to Awesome, and then it just turns out it's. Cartman, and then Cartman re- yeah. realizes that he's doing homework eventually, <laughs> and that's the problem: is that he's actually re- he realizes he's actually doing everyone's homework for money. <laughs> or actually, no, he's just running AI scripts in his basement. There we go, off his phone. Um, and the other one is the Jeffersons, which is great as well. No, yeah. you're ignorant. You're ignorant. <laughs> oh, I just want the nose falls off. Yeah. And also, it's got the great thing where it's like, yeah, we we lost track of a black guy, but you know, he didn't even look like a black guy. What? <laughs> like the... It's the first time the police were that like on the nose. Yeah. Uh, about yeah, place, yeah, in South Park, where that's become the running thing. Like, yeah. The... Well, well, they had to create new police officers, didn't they? Because they didn't want to do that to Barbara. Yeah. yeah. That was basically gone. Yeah. And then the the police are just like they are actively racist and know it and love it and that is their reason for being yeah <laughs> and then i know this is off topic a bit but have you guys seen this week's no yes. not yet we, we will say nothing it's um yeah okay um <laughs> where, where, where can i watch it as well just on, it's on um, comedy central oh it's on comedy central okay yeah i was on both i didn't that i think yeah it's on both. i watched it on paramount plus oh okay yeah it's on both yeah, it's, <laughs> so, uh, it's their Michael Jackson episode. Yes, more, uh, he moves in and befriends the children. Yes, and they try to help his child escape because they don't think it should be living the kind of life he's making it live, dangling it off balconies and yeah. stealing its childhood. Yeah, and there's the bit where um, there's the bit where he, he has a sleepover and they all sleep in the same bed, and everyone's like, yeah. "This is not appropriate." And he's like, "No, yeah. you're just ignorant. You're ignorant. I never had a childhood myself." <laughs> yeah. It's like it, it's good though, and it makes valid points about his son, yes, and him like stealing the child. It's like quite sweet in the way it sticks up for the kid. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it, I, I remember this is one of the better episodes that they ever did, basically. Yeah, yeah, cool. That will pretty much draw us to a close through our little rant through uh, the pop culture of April 2004. Sorry, our next episode will be on May 2010. Not not in May 2010. We won't be going back in time. It will be on May of 2010. 
that'll be the episode that we do. It just really remains for me to say, I've been Matthew Wynn. I've been joined by Kevin Jones. Bye, Zs. And a Chris Hodgkinson. Bye, Zs. I've got a money-saving tip. Oh, you've got a money-saving tip. Is it about pillows? Please. <laughs> Yeah, you get a yeah. decent pillow and yeah, you save yeah. money on lots of medication. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um, various um, DPs and stuff, you won't need to buy them. I come with DPs. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us, please just spread the word and get in touch via Twitter at late underscore pod or email us at too late update at gmail.com. If you'd really like to contribute, you can just buy us a coffee via buymeacoffee.com slash too late update. Thanks very much for listening. Bye.